Welcome to episode 17 of the All Saints Podcast, a ministry of All Saints Presbyterian Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. And this is Pastor Matt, and today I'm by myself in the studio, and I'm going to be running through some of the books that I'm using right now in sermon prep and Sunday school prep, as well as some of the reading I'm doing on my own apart from that. Uh, the Christian life is a life of the mind. It's uh, the, the Christian faith is a, a faith of the book, we're, we're people of the book, and uh, it's by means of the Word that God is at work in us, His Word and Spirit. And so uh, while not everybody's cut out, uh, has any desire to be or any training to be a scholar, uh, all of us ought to be uh, pursuing God in, uh, in every way that we're able, uh, and, and it ought to be a joyful pursuit. And so uh, that said, there are a lot of really lousy books out there in the world. And, uh, and so uh, one of the things that I see is uh, a part of my ministry to the saints at, uh, at All Saints is to, to kind of help you pick through the, uh, the chaff and find the, the good stuff there. And so I'm just going to let you know a little bit about what, uh, what I've got on my desk right now. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. First, birthdays and anniversaries. It's uh, Adeline Hendrickson's birthday and Sarah Pattison's birthday uh, this week. Thank you very much uh, for being a part of All Saints. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and a happy birthday. And also, uh, it is the anniversary of Joe and Abby Pattison, who uh, incidentally I married uh, two years ago on the, the railroad tracks in Franklin. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but congratulations to you. Happy anniversary, guys. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful week as well. Uh, also, before I get started, I uh, wanted to, uh, to just, for, for those of you who may be listening to the podcast from the website, which is fine, uh, but, uh, but maybe doing that because you don't know of any other way to do it. Maybe uh, this is the first podcast you've uh, listened to or have been, been habitually listening to. Um, I just wanted to encourage you that there are other ways, maybe more convenient ways for you to be following along uh, in our podcast. If you have a smartphone, there are a lot of different podcast apps out there. Uh, Apple uh, cell phones, Apple phones, iPhones uh, actually ship with a, a podcast app. I'm not particularly a big fan of that app myself. I use a, an app called Overcast, uh, which I think has, uh, I think I, I had to pay for it a one-time fee or something, not, not anything too expensive, just a few dollars. But uh, whatever app you're using, you can go into that app and uh, in the search feature, look up Y'all Saints. And when you, you find us there, you can subscribe. And what that's going to do is automatically put the podcast on your phone as often as we, we put it out, which is usually on Tuesday mornings. And, uh, and it'll be right there so that you, uh, you have it available to you wherever you are. And uh, you can even put little reminders on those so that when they get published, you get a notice, things like that. So that'll enable you to, uh, to come along with us each week as we cover different topics related to, uh, to the, the life of the church and particularly of all saints. So with that in mind, uh, I don't expect it to be a long podcast today. Uh, I am by myself, as I said. That's just uh, a result of different schedules this week, uh, Nathan and Jen and myself, and uh, and just a, l- a lot of busyness this time of year as we anticipate school starting back up. Uh, and so I hope that uh, that they or some other guests will be with me next week. Uh, we've got a couple of ideas that we're working on, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, with all that said, book recommendations. I've got a couple of different categories I want to walk through today. I'm going to start and move fairly quickly through uh, the, the primary resources that I'm using 
for uh, my Sunday School series, which right now is on the Lord's Prayer. If you're in Sunday School, you've heard me recommend these. But if you're not, uh, these are some some excellent little resources. The first is Praying the Lord's Prayer by J.I. Packer. Uh, it's a, a little book, and I may be mistaken, but I think it's even excerpted from uh, a longer work that Packer wrote. Uh, but each chapter is uh, is taking one clause from the Lord's Prayer and considering that clause devotionally. Uh, if you've ever read J.I. Packer's Knowing God or anything else by Packer, uh, this is very consistent with his other work. It's just incredibly uh, warm and devotional and uh, and encouraging. And so uh, I would encourage you to consider picking up a copy of Packer's Praying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, also, uh, Justo Gonzalez, uh, which is a uh, Justo... Gonzalez is a church historian, wrote, uh, uh, originally it was a two-volume, and now I think it's more often uh, found in a single-volume history of the church called The Story of Christianity. Uh, Justo Gonzalez is uh, is also writing uh, brief devotionals on each one of the clauses in the Lord's Prayer. However, he does so uh, drawing in a great deal of material from the church fathers, which is really encouraging. It's wonderful to be reminded of the fact that uh, that our generation is not the first generation to pick up the Lord's Prayer and uh, to pray through that and to use it in worship and to use it as a, a you know the basis for devotions. Um, it's wonderful to to see what the church fathers uh, believed, uh, how how they were reading the Lord's Prayer, and and not only to see it in their own words, but um, but to recognize in the things they were thinking and saying the very same things that we're thinking and saying. Uh, the same truth, the same encouragement, uh, the faith when it's grounded in God's word is uh, is not changing, and so we we've, we've got so much in common with uh, with those first generations in the church. Finally, a little bit more difficult to to access, uh, it requires a little more a- attention, and uh, maybe uh, some place you can get where you won't be uh, interrupted. Is the Lord's Prayer by Thomas Watson. Watson is uh, one of the uh, the Puritans, the, the English Puritans, and uh, and he goes through devotionally. And now, unlike Packer and Gonzalez, uh, Watson is not going through giving brief devotional exposition on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, he's thorough, and so, uh, but it's not so long that you couldn't read a little bit every day and get through each clause a week at a time. Uh, and I will tell you this: I said this in Sunday school. The my experience with reading the Puritans is. Uh, that they use a lot of words, uh, and so it's a little bit like mining. Uh, you you dig a lot, and it's not all as valuable, but when you come across uh, a, a diamond uh, in all of that that digging, it is worth every moment and all of the effort. Uh, and I'll say this, Thomas Watson, as, uh, as a Puritan, is among the Puritans one of uh, my favorite writers. Uh, he has a way... Uh, of of expressing the truth that is just incredibly beautiful, uh, and so Watson's worth uh, any time that you'll spend in his book, The Lord's Prayer. Uh, on Sunday mornings, right now we are working through the book of Ephesians, and so I wanted to to recommend a uh, a book for you uh, at home that I think. Uh, would be helpful to you. I I encourage you guys uh, with the Lord's Prayer, with the Ephesians, and I've done this with previous Sunday school uh, material and sermons and whatnot, sermon series. Uh, but if you guys will be reading and thinking through the same text during the week that we're working on on Sunday, 
uh, you'll derive a great deal more benefit from it on Sundays. And so that's that's why I tend to encourage you along these lines. It's not just that we're in Ephesians, and therefore that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, but if you'll be reading, uh, meditating on, devotionally memorizing portions of Ephesians uh, over the, the next few months as we preach our way through it, then uh, then you're just going to find that you you know Ephesians even better by the time we're done. Uh, that the the truth that we're digging up in Ephesians is going to uh, to be that much more meaningful to you. You're going to remember it that much better, uh, and so it's it's all to your benefit to be spending time in Ephesians right now during the week as we're working through it in church on Sunday. So the book I would recommend is Sinclair Ferguson's Let's Study Ephesians. It's a, a kind of a commentary. Uh, but in bite-sized pieces that, uh, that again, are, are meant to lead us to application, uh, written for the, uh, the person in the pew. Uh, so uh, it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't assume that you know Greek or Hebrew or uh, use a lot of fancy grammatical uh, terms or anything like that. He's just really talking to the person in the pew, unpacking the, the glorious truth that we find in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Uh, another commentary— Actually, I have two more commentaries here that I recommend on Ephesians. These are going to be a little more hefty. Uh, these are a little more for study. You're, you're reading Ephesians, you're trying to understand Ephesians, and you, you come across something that might be difficult to understand, uh, or you, you know there's more there to see than what you're seeing, and so you want to appeal to somebody who's uh, devoted their life to the study of the New Testament and maybe even to this book. Uh, I use, uh, I've got two. Uh, there are a lot of good. Uh, commentaries on Ephesians. Ephesians is a very popular work in the New Testament. But uh, the two that I use I think are excellent, but I have to provide caveats for both of them. Uh, The first is Ephesians, an exegetical commentary by Harold Honer. That's H-O-E-H-N-E-R, Harold Honer. Uh, Dr. Honer was a professor at my seminary where uh, I, I studied Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, the strength of his commentary on Ephesians is its comprehensiveness. Uh, he uh, he went through in his commentary. He's he surveyed all of the literature, uh, the the amount of of study that he has done, and uh, time and effort that he's put into not only understanding the book of Ephesians, but being familiar with. Uh, it feels like when you're reading it, virtually everything that's ever been written or said on the book of Ephesians. Uh, and so he goes through explaining to you uh, what Ephesians means, uh, what Paul means in in his letter to Ephesians, explaining the book to you. Uh, but often when he comes to a difficult passage, he'll, he'll explain to you all of the major uh, viewpoints on that difficulty. Uh, and then he'll, he'll tell you which one he thinks is, is correct and, um, and, and make an argument for it. Now, the warning that I have to issue here is that Dr. Honer is a dispensationalist. Uh, as Presbyterians, um, and I'll speak for myself, but it's true for us as a tradition, we're, we're not convinced that dispensationalism is a, uh, is a, a helpful and correct way to, to understand how all the parts of the Bible fit together. Uh, and so I'm not commending dispensationalism, um, the strength of Honer's commentary is is in those difficult passages to see what all of the possible options are for understanding what the text means, uh, and so I don't commend you to uh, to necessarily ask yourself what does Doctor Honer think is the right answer. 
but to go and see how it is that the church has wrestled with these difficult passages throughout the centuries. Uh, he does a, a great job with that. He is going to be focused more on the last uh, 100 years, 150 years in terms of interpretive uh, tradition. Uh, so you're not going to see as much of the church fathers in Honer, but um, uh, it's it's a very, very thorough commentary. And uh, and in as much as, as dispensationalists are Trinitarian and evangelical and, and love the word and believe that it's inerrant and uh, and hold to all of those same basic tenets of the faith that we do. There's a lot of excellent material in it. The other book that uh, that I'm using, and this is the one I'm, I'm relying on most heavily, is uh, the Letter to the Ephesians by Peter O'Brien in the Pillar New Testament Commentary series. Um, now, the, right up front, uh, the thing I have to say is that uh, after its publication, uh, it was discovered that this and several other works by uh, Peter O'Brien. Uh, involve plagiarism. And, uh, of course, that's a very serious thing. Uh, he uh, ultimately agreed that uh, that there was plagiarism. The publishers of his books uh, that contained plagiarism bought up all of the copies they could find and destroyed them and, and stopped publishing them. And for that reason, it's very difficult to find this volume. Uh, I will say that sometimes plagiarism is intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional. Uh, when you're a scholar reading uh, the the thousands and thousands of pages of scholarship that these men read uh, and women, there are some excellent female commentators. When you're when you're as neck deep in the material as they are, uh, it's it's not completely unheard of to borrow things um, unintentionally to to believe something was your idea, only to discover later you actually read it somewhere else. And so I'm I'm not entirely familiar with. Uh, what the case was with Peter O'Brien, if it was intentional or not. Um, but I will say this, uh, I've yet to find another single commentary that does such an excellent job of unfolding uh, the letter to the Ephesians. And so um, I'm thankful to, to have a copy. I bought it before all of that uh, was discovered. And um, so I'm, I'm happy to uh, to provide photocopies of a page here or there if you have specific questions you're trying to look up. Uh, or if you can find a copy, uh, then it, it might be worth buying if it's not outrageously expensive. Uh, but that's in the Pillar New Testament Commentary series. Both of these, both the Honer book and the O'Brien book, uh, they're, they're, you can read them cover to cover. That's not really what they're intended for. Uh, they're, they're meant as references. Uh, you can pick it up and go to the passage that you're studying and go directly to the commentary on that passage. And they're also, they lean a little more towards the technical side of the spectrum. That is that they're going to be very interested in the original languages and uh, the, the particular grammar uh, and how it is that the, the author structure, structuring his argument, uh, in this case with Ephesians, Paul. And so those are the, uh, the resources. Uh, the Ferguson book, Let's Study Ephesians, uh, I recommend without qualification. I, I think everyone uh, would benefit from having that uh, on their shelf and, uh, and in their, their reading pattern right now as we're working through Ephesians. Uh, the last uh, set of books that I want to talk about are some books that I'm reading just um, not necessarily for preparation and ministry. Um, the first is right now with my wife and my teenage son who's still at home. We're reading through J.I. Packer's Knowing God, 
Uh, I would highly recommend this to parents with teenagers in the house. Uh, Packer, if you, you've almost certainly heard of Packer's book, Knowing God. It's a classic. Uh, I, gosh, it's going on um, almost 50 years old now uh, and continues in print. Uh, what Packer does is he kind of sneaks a systematic theology in on you one chapter at a time. Uh, he just, just takes different topics uh, in theology, uh, very basic topics in theology, and he lays them out for you. And, uh, and he just, Packer has such a way with words, uh, and there's such a warmth to his writing. And so uh, if you've never read Knowing God, I would encourage you to drop all of your other reading right now, get a copy of Knowing God, and devour it. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, and if you, you don't have time typically during the day to do a lot of reading, uh, what I would encourage you to do is take Packer's Knowing God and read a chapter every Sunday uh, between morning and evening worship. Uh, it, it's an excellent way to spend a Sabbath afternoon meditating on the truth about who God is and what he's done for us. So highly recommend J.I. Packer's Knowing God. And again, it's, uh, I think it's good to read with, um, with teenagers that you have in the house. Uh, Packer writes at a level that they're able to understand. Uh, and as they're uh, anticipating moving on out of your house and into the world and the, the faith more and more is becoming their own, uh, it's an excellent foundation upon which they can build. Um, I, I didn't mention it earlier, but of course, one of my primary sources for uh, for the Lord's Prayer in Sunday School is the Westminster Larger Catechism. Again, those of you who have been in Sunday School with me, have uh, you, we, we've worked through some of that together. I'm also giving kind of a sideways look at the Heidelberg Catechism and allowing that to help us as well. Uh, and so together with things like knowing God uh, as you're raising children in the house, the shorter catechism and the, the other Westminster standards and uh, the Dutch standards as well, the three forms of unity are, are, are a great resource in the home, uh, a way to, to help your, your children come to a greater and greater understanding and knowledge of God. Um, let's see, what else have I got here? Um, my Sunday after re- afternoon reading right now, in addition to knowing God, is Thomas Watson's The Art of Divine Contentment, uh, where he is uh, encouraging us to be content in life. And so he, he talks about what contentment is, why we should be content, the dangers of not being content, the blessings and benefits that flow to us from contentment. Uh, it's not a long book. And again, he's, he, he just writes so beautifully uh, in this book on the, the subject of, of contentment. And so I'm, I'm flipping through real quick. I don't know if I've been underlining or not in this book. Let's see if there's anything that's grabbed my attention. I'm not seeing uh, any underlining. I'll, I'll have to underline some stuff and have that for next time. Uh, the last thing is uh, right now I'm, I'm rereading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, it's, it's not all spiritual reading, uh, although I will say that one of the benefits of reading something like uh, the Harry Potter series is, uh, and Chesterton I think is similar, there's a re-enchantment of the world. Uh, the, the modern mind, particularly in the West, uh, has become uh, so captured by uh, what's really uh, what we would call a materialistic view of the world, which is to say a denial that there's any reality, anything spiritual, uh, that all we are as human persons is a body with chemicals uh, interacting, and, and all of our thoughts and emotions are just uh, the result of chemical reactions. 
Uh, there's never been anything spiritual. There will never be anything spiritual. Uh, and not only is that completely untrue, completely contrary to the, the, the gospel, contrary to what God has revealed, uh, but on top of that, it, it sucks all of the life and joy out of the world. Uh, we, we enter into a world where there are no longer any secrets, no longer any mysteries. Uh, it's a world that has no enchantment whatsoever. And uh, though she's not necessarily trying to accomplish this, uh, J.K. Rowling is, uh, is one in a long line of authors who has done an excellent job of making the world enchanted again. And so I think we ought to be doing good reading outside of uh, the reading that, uh, that directly pursues God in, in religious writing. Uh, we, we should be doing that kind of reading as well. So uh, the only thing I'll add is I want to encourage you, of course, all of this comes after uh, time spent reading God's Word. I, we, we say this a lot. We encourage you guys a lot in this. But I've got to tell you, uh, there is no reading, uh, meditation, devotion, memorization that you could possibly be doing in your life that is going to bear as much fruit in godliness and all of the, the benefits that flow from godliness uh, as there is in reading God's Word. And so one of the, th- the, the habits that I've had for a long time in my life and, uh, and would encourage you to consider if you don't already have a habit of reading Scripture every day is, uh, is just to begin your day before you do anything else. Uh, you know, maybe get up and get cleaned up and dressed, but don't, don't begin work for the day uh, until you've read through five Psalms uh, and maybe a, a chapter of Proverbs. In doing this, uh, it doesn't take a, a, a very long time to get that done in a morning. Uh, in doing this, you'll read the entire Psalter and all of the book of Proverbs each month. And it... Um, you, you begin to find that without uh, necessarily trying to practice the discipline of memorization, you'll, especially in the Proverbs, you'll begin to memorize these things. Uh, that repeated exposure will begin to, to place these things in your memory, and uh, you'll have the benefit of knowing the Psalms and knowing the Proverbs. Uh, I certainly commend intentional memorization, uh, and we sing uh, not only hymns but also psalms, at All Saints, and so I hope through the singing of psalms on Sunday you're becoming more and more familiar with the psalms. But uh, but make sure that you've, you've got a regular, steady diet of the Word of God in your life. So, okay, uh, well, I promised it would be a little shorter today, and it, uh, it has been. We're coming up on 23 minutes total on this podcast, and so I, I think it's uh, important every once in a while for you to get an insight into what your pastors are reading. So maybe we'll get uh, a similar episode from Pastor Nathan in uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, okay, thanks uh, for listening today. I appreciate that. The All Saints is a podcast of and for All Saints Presbyterian Church, Brentwood, Tennessee. We hope you'll join us again next week. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to get episodes delivered into your podcast app as they're published. Thanks again and have a good week. Grace and peace, All Saints.